Welcome to the Morning Star Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. Yeah, what's happening? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, y'all. Let me see how many days I got left. I got, I got 202 days left. When it gets down to like 10 to 15 days, I'll let y'all know. But right now, I got 202 days left. Okay, okay. Let me address everybody in the chat real quick. Shout out to everybody that decided to come hang out with my crazy ass. We got Young Thundercat. We know how y'all do. Y'all have y'all set y'all city on fire and turned over cars over tanks, win over Garcia. <laughs> hey, on vacation. Okay, nice. Natasha, hey, Mal G's, what's happening? CK Mystic, okay, okay, evening, everybody. I'm never late. I'm like Jesus. I'm always on time. I'll be on my time, not your time, all right? Yeah, man, Down Syndrome Barbie, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. I told y'all about these children with these afflictions, but y'all thought I was trolling and making fun of people. Nope. Nope. Man, listen, the cussing pastor's everywhere. Listen, he was on Tasha K. Oh, shout out to cussing pastor. He about, he about to blow up. Siova's in the house. My man, Siova. I see what's happening. What's happening? Yo, shout out to cussing pastor, man. He's everywhere, yo. But, uh, yeah, he he just did an interview with, with Tasha K, so shout out to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But before... uh. Hi, Chief. What's happening? Oh, man, Greg, I didn't know it was this bad. Now, I knew about the, so, you know, if you watch John Wick, based off the Ruma Roska crime family, there's a Roma crime syndicate. <laughs> I'm not going to get to all that, but, yo, gypsies, yo, people hate gypsies, yo. I didn't know. All right, Tyrone, that's right. All praises be. Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All praises do. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Sexy Red, uh, okay, hey, listen. Cut A and one some slack. He he meant it in a very big brotherly way. I don't judge people in the mask. If that's what they do, that's what they do. <laughs> ah, all right. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get a little petty. Carrie's in the house. We're gonna get a little petty. But first, let me let me address some things real quick now. <laughs> I'm going to say this once and say this one time only because I know there's certain people watching 
because I live in their heads rent free. Once again, there are certain people watching me right now because I live in their heads rent free. Man, I'm dumb. It's like he was joking. Quotation is important. Yeah, it's yeah, mama. He was clearly joking, but you were irritated. I was like, uh oh. He was joking. He was clearly joking. But uh, let me get into this real quick because this is for the people, people's, mainly it's really one, one person. But because I live in their heads rent free. And like I've always told everybody, I tell people, you are either, you're either an angel or you are a villain to somebody. Okay? You are either a godsend or you are a hell spawn, right? They, they, you might as well be the devil himself to some people. I'm okay with that. I treat those good that treat me good, treat me well, that have done nothing to me. Um, I go out of my way for those that I care about. Now, am I perfect? No. Hence, this, what does this say? I'm a heavily flawed individual. That means... I have flaws. That means I'm not perfect. I will make mistakes. I will continue to make mistakes. Now, and it's funny because when DJ Academic said, you know, he's a bad judge of character, I too have moments of being a bad judge of character. And it came, it, it's come back to bite me in the ass to a certain extent. And I own it. It is what it is. But guess what? <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing anything to me, right? Because... You're not because you have no, you, you just, you're nothing to me. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to say this, you know, like my marriage isn't perfect, but I, I still put my marriage up against most marriages, you know, you know, anybody that's in my marriage bracket of like 10 to 15 years, I put my marriage up against those marriages, right? It's not perfect, but I feel pretty good that, <laughs> Um, me and this one will pretty much, one of us will close our eyes, you know, like I said, at one point we talked divorce and, um, you know, and then you, of course, whatever, calmer heads prevail and, and things of that nature, whatever the case may be. And, um, y'all know me, I kind of have an appetite for outside things and the wife kind of gets on me about that because I'm just too personable to these outside things. And that's my fault. And, you know, I apologize to the wife profusely, but she understands and she gets me. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah, she gets me. I get her. She gets me. Right. That's what a marriage is. It's like, whose bullshit can you put up with the longest? And in a nutshell, right, because the happiness comes and goes, the love comes and goes. It's like I'm comfortable with this person. They're comfortable with me. We have a routine, right? It's like these ebbs and flows where I lack, she, you know, puts forth. And where she lacks, I put forth. You know, at the end of the day, the only two people that can mess this marriage up is me and her. And even at my worst, even at my worst, I'm still better than 95% of y'all. <laughs> I'm still better than you. And this is to that person that watches me. And you make all your little quotes about me and the words of Richard Sherman. I'm better at life than you. Will always be better at life than you. Always. 
Always. This social media shit, exposing people in 30 days. People move on to the next shit. They be like, oh, y'all hear about Sly? Okay. 30 days later, they're back watching me like nothing happened. These people don't give a fuck. I get that. Right? People come here for whatever. They get some out of it and they move on to the next. You putting stock in trying to make me look bad. I am bad. I am bad. Listen, listen, look at me, look at me, look at me. I am that bad. Yes. Yes. I will treat you like shit if I feel you deserve it. I will run over you like a Mack truck. Yes. If you want me to live in your head rent free, here I am. I will happily live in your head rent free and not feel bad about it. If you want to give me money, guess what? I'm going to take it. Matter of fact, I can't take something if you don't give it to me. I can't take something that that's given to me. Whether it be your body, your money, whatever. I am that bad. Please believe me. Yes. The horror stories, few and far between, but they are very true. I am that bad. She can tell you all the... She she can tell you. Okay? And you know what? I'm okay with that. That's the difference between me and a lot of people. I'm okay with being that bad. I I don't lose sleep. At night, worrying about, did I, did I do overdo it with this person? Was I extra mean to this person? I don't lose no sleep over that shit because in my twisted mind, you deserved it. You cannot shame somebody that has no shame. I'm one of those, I'm one of those people. So please, by all means, continue to make posts about me. And make videos about me and let all those sucker ass niggas that don't like me take the, the clips and the pictures from it doesn't bother me. I don't give a fuck. I am that bad. <laughs> this is what you do when you can't do shit to bad people. You're res- you resort to social media tactics like that's really going to work. I don't care. You cannot shame the unshameable. Now, if I'm good to you, I'm good to you. If you are my people's inner circle, I care about you. I give a fuck about you. I'm good to you. Probably too good to you. But if you're one of those people that, ah, you're just a pawn on my chessboard, I will use you accordingly. It is what it is. It is what it is. So please by all means, keep feeding this this dragon. Keep feeding the troll that I, I, I am. Please continue to spend your time and energy talking about me. Thank you. I need it. I need it. Let everybody know how important I am to you. Please continue to let everybody know how important my time and energy is to you. Let everybody know how important it is that you get my attention. Okay? I don't, I don't, I will not lose any sleep over you. You, you mean nothing to me. 
And God forbid, <laughs> when I get with these people, because I'm going to get with these people. I just been pushing this shit off. It's, it's my fault. I got listen. I could have been down with these people years ago, but I, you know, I got this integrity thing and this moral thing. I'm like, ah. but when I get with these people, guess what? Their names go on the list. Now I've told y'all many, many years. There's a list of people you turn in, of people that have done you wrong, you don't like as an offering, whatever the case may be, congratulations, you made the list, all right? You got what you're looking for. You wanted my attention. Now you're gonna get it. And when I sign this blood-ass contract with these people, your name's on the list. No cap. Now it may take a few years, I got to curry favor, build up trust and loyalty. And, you know, I'm, I got to look good. I got to do my part, play my position. But when they come to me and say, hey, um, Sly, you know, you've been a good soldier. You know, we like what you've been doing. Um, we trust you. you. You gave us a list a while back. Who, who do you? Is that, is, that, is that still good? Hell yeah, still good. Who do you want to go first? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Now you take what I say. I don't care how you take it. With a grain of salt, hyperbole, fiction, allegory, metaphorical, super lyrical, abogerical. Trust me. We put, we put your name on the list. It's going to take some years for them to get to you. But they will get to you. I promise you that. All right? Now, this will be the last time I address you and your ilk. Don't feel bad, people. Don't be like, ah, Sly, don't do it. No, Sly got to do it. Because, see, Sly don't fuck with nobody like that. But when you try to put me into a bad light, a negative light, you're telling my business you think you're telling my business and then you want to harass people that i'm cool with right that you know that done nothing to you yeah you deserve this but like i said it's gonna take a, you got a few years to breathe i gotta get in good i gotta do my part you know i gotta build up my stock it's gonna take a few years and you'll never see them coming you'll never see them coming these are professionals am i talking too much I'm waiting for the wife to text me. Nigga, shut up. Wait, wait. Did I get, did she text me right now? She ain't text me. So that means I ain't talking too much. Because normally when she be like, what are you, they'll, they'll contact her, right? They'll text her. Like, what is he saying? He's doing too much. Shut him up. So they, I, they haven't shut me up. So I, I'm good. These are professionals. <laughs> These are the best of the best. <laughs> they got them long ass names. <laughs> That's hard to pronounce. You know what I'm saying? They got them long-ass names that's hard to pronounce. All right. Now, I've done said my piece. Now, for those that like, you like foolishness and tomfoolery, by all means, check in and, and see what the fuck that person talking about. Get your little giggles and sniggles on. It's all, it don't mean nothing to me. I mean, I don't take nothing personal. 
It is what it is because sure enough, if someone be sniggling and giggling about somebody else, I'd be like, what's going on over here? I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. Okay, now come back to reality. All right, so it's all it's all good. It's all good. It's, it's going to take a few years, though. It's going to take a few years, but they're going to get to you. They're going to get to you. Wait, is that her? Is that the wife? Let's break. Nope, that's not her. Okay. Anywho. Anywho. Let's move on. Let's get on to the real topic. I've run my mouth far too long, prolonged this show far too long. I do, I do apologize to, to, to those that have been inundated and brought into the nonsense. I apologize to that. But once again, if you want to, you know, you want my time and energy, I tax you. Don't get mad at what I, what, what I do with the tax money. That's like you getting mad at the homeless person because you gave them 20 bucks, right? Hey, man. Hey, brother. Brother, you got some spare change? Um, okay. Well, uh, you look pretty down on your luck. I guess I can give you $10. Is $10? Oh, man, you know, I was kind of hoping for a 20. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you look like you get well to do, brother. Come on, brother. Help me, brother. Out. Come on, help me out. Okay, okay, sir. I, I, I do have a $20. $20. And, and I hope you use this money wisely to clean yourself up and get yourself together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. And then <laughs> you see him run to the liquor store. So, and then you get mad. Well, what are you mad at? See, don't give, don't do things for people. Right? Don't do things for people if it's not genuine or out, like, out the kindness of your heart. Then get mad because they didn't do what you wanted them to do with the gift. So if you want to irritate me, bother me, harass me, stalk me, I'm going to tax you. Now, other people be like, Sly, you shouldn't even get that person no, no time of day and no energy. You're right. But nothing hurts worse than a, than a financial tax because that, that means that you, you feel a financial tax. See, me just blocking somebody, I mean, yeah, it hurts. But when I, when I tax you, when you check your account, be like, oh, I know that money went, it went to him, and he didn't do what he's supposed to say. You're going to feel that. You're going to leave me the fuck alone. Okay? If I play with your pockets, you're going you to leave me the fuck alone. You're going to understand what time it is. But once again, it's going, you got a few years to, 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 to do what you got to want. You got a few years before they get to you. You know, what, what is this, 2023? you probably got like maybe a seven to eight nine ten matter of fact I, 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 okay, I don't know the speed that they work at but I'm just gonna go say you got about a 10 year window you gotta get a, you got a you got a good 10 year window before you don't see them coming so once again I don't know what the pace they work at I'll know more once I actually get inside and get and get to the the guts of the matter, which is going to be a few years off anyway. But I, I figure you got about a good 10-year window before you don't see them coming. Okay? So, with that being said, you know, if y'all partake in that tomfoolery, I'm sure a response of some sort will be on that person's page or whatever. It, I don't need to see it. I, just, just me speaking this shit into the, into the ethers is good enough for me. So... Once again, congratulations! You made the list along with that other, that other motherfucker. That uh, <laughs> matter of fact, you done bumped her down the list because you you become such an irritant to me. I done put you at the top of the damn list. How bad is that? And I hate that fucker. I hate 
that woman. I hate her. Like, like, yo, if I could, if I could throw acid in her face, like if you was in front of my face, you, I would just see red. You done replaced her. Boy, how, how good job. All right, I'm going. I'm, I'm off this. I'm off this conspiracy. I'm good. Nah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's fast enough. All right, we need to, we need to let that shit burn slow. We need to let it burn slow, you know? So, um, like I said, I'm a patient man, but their, their windows, like I said, I'm being generous cause I'm just speculating 10, 10 years. They may work faster than that, which is fine by me. So, but that being said, we can, let's go ahead and move on to the, to the real thing. I've, I've run my mouth long enough, long enough. Hey, okay. Okay. Everybody good? I, no, Sly's not mad. Sly's not mad. No, if you want to be an irritant, I'll treat you like as such. And I'll do extreme shit. So, yes, it, like what Jay-Z said, you kill ants with sledgehammers. E- extreme. It is a, I'm very extreme when I get pushed to that point, you know? So, um, it's all good. I, listen, I'm not tripping. Now, what do I want to talk about first? What do we want to talk about first? Let's see her. You know what? Let's go and talk about this damn Down Syndrome Barbie. Because y'all thought I was legit trolling people when I talked about these children with these birth defects and how it is not cool. Right? Bruh, come on, man. Let me go ahead and get right into it. Let me stop playing. Let me get right into it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Barbie launches doll with Down's syndrome. Come on, man. Why y'all do this? Why y'all do this? Why? 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 Nobody asked for this. Even Down Syndrome, people were like, we don't want this. <laughs> Even Down Syndrome didn't ask for this. Nobody. There's no advocacy group for the coalition of Down Syndrome victims. No one's asking for this. Come on, man. Don't, don't, don't dang slide. No, I'm just reporting what's out here. Everybody gets a dog. What? I don't know why. Inclusion? Since we're in the spirit of inclusion, let's get into it. Hold up. This woman is a model. British model Ellie Goldstein with Barbie's first doll representing someone when someone with Down's syndrome. What is this? Part of its fashionistas range, which includes dolls who use wheelchairs, prosthetic limbs, and hearing aids. This doll is the first to represent someone with a learning disability. Why y'all do this? Why y'all do this? Nobody asked for this. And that see, when I was talking about these children, 
last month, y'all was like, Sly is off the deep end. This man's talking about people's kids. Right? I know some of y'all was like, I don't like Sly anymore because he's talking about somebody I know. Right? And I wasn't trying to, I wasn't being mean. I'm just telling you what it is. Broke down Barbie. What the heck? Leave her. She's cute. You're not going to date her. You want, would you want your son? Okay, come on. All right. Say, I got to ask the the hard question because y'all want to play, y'all want to play coy. Do, do, would you let your, if you have a son and he brought home, (laughs) he brought his girlfriend home to meet you and she has Down syndrome, what, what, you're okay with that, mom? Are, Are you okay with that, mom? Guys. Your, your daughter brings home Jerome with the Down syndrome. Are you okay with that? Hello, mister. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Hello, ma'am. Nice to meet you. This is what we doing. Quite a lovely day we are having today, wouldn't you say? Sir, did you see the 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 trade between Green Bay and the Jets, they traded Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts on that, sir? (laughs) Ma'am, I was taking a fashion course and I was trying to create my own pencil skirt. Do you have any suggestions? (laughs) Y'all better stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Chapman. Those mortgage rates that are going up because of inflation due to Biden's interest rates policy. What what are your thoughts on that today, sir? Ma'am, are you going to go see the new Barbie movie with Chloe Haley? How do you feel about race swap characters, ma'am? That's what we doing. That's that's what we that's what we doing. Miss Miss Watkins, you know how I do. Y'all better stop fucking playing with me. Sir, what do you think about the Russian Ukraine situation? Even though it's about a strategic plan for Russia to gain back the ports owned by Ukraine. Nick Taylor, how do you feel about that today, sir? That's what we doing. So this is what we doing. Okay. 
Y'all know good and goddamn well. Let one of your children bring home a child with Down syndrome. Talking about, but but I love him, sir, sir. I know I am different from everybody else, but my heart is pure and genuine, and I love her, and I will do anything to make her happy, sir. All I ask is your blessing, sir, your hand in, in, in marriage, your daughter's hand in marriage, and I will work tirelessly to provide a life of protection and security for your daughter, sir, if you will allow it. Ma'am, I know the current climate of dating and mating for your sons is very bleak and optimal, and I personally don't want your son to have to date out, and I have no emotional baggage, and I have no children, and I would love to be your son's uh, first the child, grandchild, and I will marry your son, and I will give him years and years of loyalty and servitude. If, ma'am, if you, uh, you will allow it, Y'all better stop playing. Y'all better stop playing. Y'all better stop playing with me. Y'all better stop playing with me. Y'all better stop. Y'all better stop. Stop. Stop this nonsense right now. <laughs> Bleak is so optimal. You are missing the spit and dribble from the side of your <laughs> Why y'all make me do this? Why? Why? Let's continue. <laughs> I am fine. <laughs> as long as they don't have an Air Max helmet on and banging their heads against windows and the walls let them live slide. It's all good until your son or daughter brings one home. Right? Everybody talks tribalism. Everybody should be with their own kind. I I listen, I'm I I'm okay with that. I believe in everybody should be with their own kind. Guess what? Let them be with their own kind. Hey, when Corky had his little his little Down syndrome girlfriend and the parents were upset, not because she had Down syndrome, but because the implications of them having sex and possibly children is why his parents were trying to talk Corky off the ledge. But Dad, I love her, and she understands me, and we have similar experiences that no one can appreciate or understand. She gets me, and I get her, and we together are special. Dad, what don't you understand? There's no one else like her for me. There's no one else like her for me. Akiba, thank you, bro. What a five with a super chat. Man, I hold my lap when I hit them outside. I couldn't imagine what's on the back of my house. They didn't want Corky to live. Y'all remember that episode? For those that's old enough that remember the the, the, uh, the TV series. Corky had it. Parents was trying to talk him off the ledge. It's like, Corky don't need to have a girlfriend. <laughs> You're trying to take her from me. 
You try to take her from me. You don't you don't want you don't want me to be alone. You don't want me to have anybody. Corky, his name was Corky. His name was Corky. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. No. Let's continue. Woo. Wow. Let's continue. Basically, Down syndrome is when you are born with an extra chromosome leading to some level of learning disability, distinctive facial characteristics, and an increased risk of heart and digestive issues. British model, model Ellie Goldstein, she's 21, who helped launch the new doll, says she felt happy and overwhelmed to see a doll with Down syndrome, adding people need to see more people like me out there in the world and not be hidden away we will not be silenced uh oh uh oh here's the worst part here's the worst part you think it's bad now here's the worst part working with the USA's National Down Syndrome Society and medical professionals this is how they troll you so bad listen to this the doll has been sculpted with a shorter frame and longer torso to more accurately represent a woman with Down syndrome. Well, if they didn't. Her facial features have a rounder shape, smaller ears, and a flatter nose with almond-shaped eyes. Additionally, her palms feature a single line, a characteristic often associated with those with Down syndrome. Boy, if y'all don't get the, boy, if y'all don't get the hell out of here. French city councilor and author Eleanor Lalou. Le- Holds the new Barbie doll with Down syndrome. Boy, if y'all don't stop playing with me right now. If y'all don't stop this nonsense. See what y'all done started? 5% tent, Iron 5. It's got 5% tent. It's got 5% tent. Listen. <laughs> I mean... That representation thing is a very slippery slope. Extremely, extremely slippery, y'all. I see you at home late. Man, okay, where else the fuck you gonna see, see the type of bullshit? Where else you gonna see me at? I don't go anywhere. I only go to the freaking gym. Anywho. Listen, um, yeah, this is going to Patreon because YouTube's gonna be like, you know what? Negro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be considered some harsh. Like I'm making fun of people. I'm not making fun of people. <sighs> let's let's uh let me let's pull it back on me real quick. Let's uh Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Okay, um Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. I'm gonna do it. Put this one up. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's uh. How am I doing too much? How am I doing too much? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't okay this. I didn't cut a check for this to be taking place. Like, don't get mad at me. Nah, I I didn't do it. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. This explains where France over there fighting for the social security to be low. Mm -mm -mm. But don't they already get like some type of, you know what? I listen. I was glad white gloves. I would happily usher you to your seat. <laughs> ah, yikes. Okay. Okay. Let's uh. Jeez. Let's deviate a, a hot second. Steve Harvey. Now, once again, uh, here, here's, here's my, the white man tells me I need eight hours, seven to eight hours of sleep a day to be a fully functioning, healthy human. Okay. Once again, the white man tells me the white man's medical tells me I need at least seven to eight hours of sleep a night to be a fully functioning, healthy individual. Now, Steve Harvey has something else against that. I, let's let him tell it, and and let's. I'm gonna get you guys' thoughts. Steve looks hella tired, but let let's let him tell it. But really, man, when you hustling and grinding, yes, that's that's a cost for everything. Correct. You know, you don't get to where we are, right. people like this. You don't get here free. Right. This this come with a cost. Right. And it's going to cost you a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost you a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. You know, people, they got mad at me one time because I, I did drop the video where I was talking about if you want to get rich, you can't sleep eight hours. Right. And then here come all the haters online talking about Steve Harvey prefers wealth over health. No, I don't. I would give anything to be fully healthy. Right. But at the same time, if you're trying to get it, and talking about it really have yeah. it, you got to lock and load, man. Right. You ain't eight, if you sleep eight hours, you sleep a third of your life. One right. third of your life right. is spent sleep. Now, you tell me how you're going to get successful in the United States of America and you sleep a third of your life. Help me understand that, how that's possible. <laughs> then they come, well, Oprah sleep, Oprah billionaire. Right. But Oprah, Oprah, did, Oprah didn't sleep like that, trying to accumulate that. You she better, can sleep recently. She probably sleep 20 hours a day now. She can but stay she can, sleep. <laughs> she can be real Van Winkle. No, huh? she ain't got to wake up for, she can lay, Oprah can lay that probably about four, five years. <laughs> wake up, still have plenty of money. Right. I sleep four, five years, man. I, I got to start over. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm not cut. Well, I am cutting up. I, I'm, I am kind of cutting up. What, what do you guys say to that? Because <clears throat> I've heard, you know, we heard Diddy say, I don't sleep or I get little, little to no sleep. You've heard all the, uh, the black celebs always preach sleep is the cousin of death. I'll sleep when I'm dead, uh, blah, blah, blah. But then I hear the white celebs or the, 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 <laughs> The financially well-off white folks say, I, I, yeah, I need my seven to eight hours of sleep. So who, who am I to listen to? Who, so who should I listen to? 
Yeah, that's right. Kevin said no sleep. We heard the stories of how much he did, how much little rest he got. And this man didn't live long enough to enjoy the fruits of his labor. So now he done did all that for what? He did all that for you can't even enjoy it. I mean, your kid's going to enjoy it. Your, your ex-wife or wife or whatever, but you can't enjoy it. You know, every now and then not getting six to eight hours is cool. Okay. You need a certain amount of sleep. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. See, I get little to no sleep, but it's my profession. I listen to four I need my sleep. <laughs> hey, yikes. Okay. These are regurgitated talking points. The white man's sleep hits different. Hey, man, you know what? Carrie, you know. Oh, even Erica said you need to get sleep. So, the Steve Harvey, if this works for Steve Harvey, I'm not here to to, to debate what works for him. You know, I I don't know. Okay, uh, unless I'm doing, okay, I don't know about y'all, I need naps. Yeah, I need all the sleep I can get. Yo, I need naps. Like, if I don't get a nap in, I'm wrecked. I'm wrecked. See, if I don't get a nap in, I'm wrecked. Okay. So it seems it's kind of split down the middle. I mean, whatever works for you, you know, whatever works for you. I, I have no dog in that fight. I need at least six hours. Yeah, I need all my sleep. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yo, in Japan, in Japan, they make their workers take naps. Japan makes their workers take naps. So now the Japanese man said, hey, we're going to work you to death, but, you know, to, for, us to, for you to live long enough for us to work you to death, you need naps. So who, who, who's, who's right, who's wrong? Uh-oh. Oh, my Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord. And even six to eight hours, you know. Look, her listen, my connect sold me some, and it helps me sleep good. I love my naps. So I, you know what? You out there being Louie, aren't you? Look, Hurley, you out there being a damn Louie. Sly, what's a Louie? Go watch Snowfall. She out there being Louie. Kingpin. <laughs> Kingpin stuff. But the Mongolian <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Let me get rid of that. Okay. So I've covered the Barbie. I've covered, I guess, let's get right into um, Steve Harvey versus um, the real cousin pastor, Thaddeus Matthews. Once again, shout out to the, the real cousin pastor, he is officially blowing up. He, he recently did an interview over on Tasha K's. Um, he's all over the place, man. Like he is, he got next. Shout out to him. So, um, but he, he did an interview. Speaking of Steve Harvey, he did an interview with one of Marjorie's ex-husbands. Jimmy Town, Tom Townsend. Okay. Steve Harvey caught wind of it, had some words. Behind the scenes, apparently he expressed his, um, his, his not liking the, uh, the interview, but 
you know what, let's let the cussing pastor talk about it. And then we're going to go over the interview that he did with Jimmy Townsend because he pretty much, I mean, we all knew she was, you know, a Louie, respectfully. She's a Louie. So let, let's, uh, let, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, this is, this is a mess. This is a whole mess. Shout out to the cussing pastor. And good Tuesday evening. This is the uh, Cousin Pastor. I'm in the studio getting ready to do my evening show at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, But I want to say something to Steve Harvey Uh and anybody else that may not particularly care that I did a sit-down interview with Jimmy L. Townsend, the former husband of Marjorie Harvey. Someone called me and said that Steve Harvey is taking it personally. I don't give a fuck. You know, I've never met Steve Harvey. I've spent good money back in the day going to his uh, shows, comedy shows, when he was coming into the Memphis area. But how he feels about what I do I don't give a fuck. Steve Harvey got tricked by one of the biggest tricksters that's ever been in Memphis, Tennessee as a female. Marjorie Harvey, according to the man that trained her in the streets, Jimmy Townsend, was a dope dealer. She sold drugs. In fact, in my interview, He says that Marjorie was his lieutenant and that he trained her how to sell kilos of cocaine. That she was also dating Ronnie Woods, who is known as Memphis as a notorious South Memphis cocaine dealing kingpin. She married Ronnie's cousin Donnell Woods who is the father of Lori Harden. Friday I'm playing the interview all over again the whole hour 25-30 minutes of it. Make sure. Oh, oh, don't worry. We're going to get to the interview. Oh, it's it's pretty spicy. Yeah. That you see it. This is the last time that I'm playing it. You will hear all that Jimmy has to say. You will hear the truth about the adoption, especially with Jason, uh, the son of Jimmy and Marjorie. You'll also hear Jimmy say that one of the things, and we discussed this, one of the reasons that there is an adoption, adoption took place is because that she's setting her gold mine up for a gold run. If something happens to Steve and Marjorie, and God forbid if something happened to them at the same time, even though these kids are legally adopted, they have the same rights as his children. I mean, yeah. She gonna get that ass one way or the other. She goes only for men with deep pockets. 
Jimmy was given a life sentence without the chance or the hope of a parole or pardon. Well, he got the pardon. President Barack Obama gave him a pardon in 2017. Let me say this. I have no loyalty to Steve. I don't know him. He ain't did shit for me. I'm the cussing pastor. He came all the way to Memphis, to Memphis to get a Negro preacher that was flying from the top of the church. The flying preacher. God damn it, don't you think that interviewing the cussing pastor would have been much more interested in the flying preacher that don't cuss? Man, fuck Steve. Fuck Marjorie. Uh, okay. You got head. And before it's all over, Steve, she's going to have all of your money. Or half the money. You bragged about she controls the money. Not like she's going to. If she stays true to form. Man, well, let me get ready to get up and get up and do my show for tonight. I'm dealing with a preacher tonight. Okay, so here's my thing. Like, Steve is pretty much one foot in the grave anyway. So I th I think Steve is pretty much, at this point, like, it's going to go to her anyway. Like, you know, most men understand the wives are going to outlive them. So, you know, for him to, I think it's too late in the game for him to be upset about what comes out about her. We all pretty much knew her backstory, but, um, yeah, she's going to get the, the, the wealth. I don't. I don't like, duh. I, 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 okay. Now let's get to the actual interview real quick. Let's get to it. Yeah, with no sleep. <laughs> with no sleep. Where is it at? Okay. All right, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. She was channeling drug money as a part of her business. Is there any truth to that? Well, most of they was looking at me, of course, and uh, well, by the business being in her name, uh, in the corporation, um, my name wasn't on, you know, the paperwork in any kind of way. So, yeah, well, they were trying to see the connection, of course, which was easy because that was my wife. Okay. And, uh, and so, actually, they couldn't have took the business, uh, taken the business, uh, but my co-defendant, he went through the uh, forfeiture and uh, testified that just so happened I had given him some money to... Um, give to an interior decorator one day. Mm -hmm. He had just picked up 30000 for me. And um, I told him to take it to the modules at their club with the interior decorator. And they needed, I think she needed $15,000. She couldn't go all the way back home. So I told her, but listen, Pete just picked up 30000 for me. I'm going to have him drop off 15000 for you. And so when she did that and gave that money to the interior decorator, well, he came back to hunt me. Okay. Because when he testified against me at trial, well, he told him about that. So you know if you if, if you if you put if they can prove that you put one dollar into a business, one dollar, I don't care if it's a million dollar business, whatever, then that gives them the right to take that business. Okay. Yeah. So by him testifying that he gave that fifteen thousand to her. Okay, the vo it's not me. It's it's his volume. The the cackling, crackling is his microphone moving against his suit. It's not me. I got this thing cranked all the way up. On the mixer and on the YouTube. It's not me, y'all. It's it's his audio, unfortunately. So, you know, if y'all, if someone knows the cussing pass and tell them maybe 
kind of maybe want to invest in some boom mics or I don't know, or just get a table with the stand up shore mics. I don't know. It's not me. It's, it's his audio. So clearly you hear the difference, right? You hear the range versus her. No, but I thought he picked it up from you. Yeah. So that's how they was able to take it out right now. Okay. Yeah. So that's how that went down. But yeah, they, uh, they had to investigate her through. Yeah. Yeah. The dishes, it's not me. There's nobody here. I hear the dishes as well too. So if y'all just let him know, say, Hey, pastor might want to invest in some boom mics or maybe get a couple sure mics or t- with a table stand to bring the mics closer. Stop. Maybe not use the lavalier mics. Cause if you, you have to sit still with the lavalier mics, cause you notice the, the pastor is turned sideways to, and it's, so it's not me. It's not me, but hopefully y'all can hear what's being said. Plus, you know, Jimmy talks kind of low and just really reserved and monotone. But, uh, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm trying to see how I fit in the picture. They knew I did, but they couldn't prove it. Okay. You see? So, yeah, that's so she, she should be forever grateful to you that she didn't go to prison. Oh, yeah, yeah, from that perspective, yeah. Okay. One of the biggest things <coughs> in this story, when you heard that Margaret... And I could hear that. I could hear it echo. Oh, wait, he did. For, are you serious? For real? Oh, a bunch of people complained about his audio. And he cussed him out. Oh, you can't do that. No. Listen, if, if it, and Nick can attest to this. See, over can attest to this. I rather I rather watch a crappy video with perfect audio. I rather take perfect audio. than the best looking video. Audio is key. Future content creators, if you're not going to invest the money into a proper audio, it's it's king, queen, knight, pawn, brook, bishop. It's everything. Audio is everything. It's everything. So future content creators, please take note. If you're not going to invest the money in, in proper audio, these these off brand ass microphones that I see people using and it's just and then if you don't understand cardioid versus dynamic, like I see okay, I'm not taking shots at nobody. But every time I see Danica Marie with her shore mic way down here, and you hear all the echo in the room, like, no bitch, bring the mic up to your mouth. It's designed to be uh, 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 uh. that's what it's it, it's supposed to be here. Okay? If your mic is not damn near poking you in the mouth, pause. You're, you then you don't understand how this this audio thing works, man. But I'm sorry. Let's let's continue. You, you all were divorced. How long yeah. were you in prison before she divorced you? Uh, five years, to be exact. Uh, five okay. Years. Then she married Donnell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long did they stay married? I think about a year. Okay. Yeah, I think about a year. About a year. Mark, uh, Lori was born yeah. in that marriage. Mm-hmm. So what's the ages of your children now? You've got Jason, you've got Morgan. Those are the only two children that you have with Margaret. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Okay. What's their ages? Uh, Morgan's 35 and uh, Jason is uh, 30. Okay. Now, there has been this big <coughs> conversation about the fact that Steve Harvey adopted your children. 
First of all, how do you feel about that? Well, first of all, that is, uh, he didn't adopt, he just adopted my son. Okay. And, uh, and let me tell you the story, that, that, that hurt me to my heart. Because even, even with Morgan, my daughter, Amaya, uh, we weren't married when she was conceived. Okay. Uh, we got married afterwards. Okay. So, and, uh, and it's sad to say, but, you know, that was the only legitimate child that I had, Jason, through marriage, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, and all of my other kids, I mean, they, we weren't, moms, we weren't all married. Uh, but, uh, man, I love him to death. They know I love him to death, so that ain't no story. But with Jason, how I felt, in fact, my other kids told me, don't let him, don't change his name. Because what happened was Jason couldn't change his name at that particular time. I'm he like, couldn't? No, because he wasn't of age yet. He had to have to get my parental consent. So what they did was, now, be mindful that me and Jason, we got a relationship. All okay. through his young life, even from prison. You know, he took, in fact, he took his first steps in prison, which scared the crap out of me, because I said, man, I hope this ain't okay. home and this boy gonna come up a drug dealer. But anyway, uh, this particular day, was in, it was in, in, in the month of July, I'll never forget it. I mean, blazing hot. Mm -hmm. And so my counselor came to me this particular day. This had to do with my, Jason changed his name. He came, my counselor came to me that day and was uh, telling me that the sheriff wanted to see me. Had a, I had to go to the gate to pick up a, a some kind of warrant or summons or something. Okay. So when he came and told me that, uh, man, I, I started shaking in the inside mm -hmm. because I knew they couldn't, you know, as far as drugs, you know, that was a done deal. There was no more charges. Mm -hmm. that, that was over with. So in my mindset, I'm thinking, I'm saying, uh, the only thing they can be bringing to me that don't have a statute of limitation on is murder. So in my mind, I'm thinking they come to serve me. H had you killed somebody? Like, you think I would say so if I didn't? No, I never killed. That's one thing I'm saying. Okay. No, I never, that's, you know, fortunately, close to it, but no, it never happened. No, I never, I never murdered. I ne never had that on hand. But anyway. And you wouldn't confess right now, no way? No, I, no, if I did, but I mean, I didn't. Let's, okay. let's get the record straight on okay. that. Okay. Uh, so, but, uh, uh, so my counselor had to walk me up to the gate to mm -hmm. get this warrant or whatever I'm thinking it was, I want. Mm -hmm. And so, walk, walk, the trip to the gate. Man, I'm I'm sweating bullets. You know what I mean? I'm ringing wet. My because you can't imagine what it is. You're already in prison. Yeah, and I've been in prison twenty some years. Okay. I mean, I mean you got that twenty years. So what, I mean, what you know? Okay. And see, in prison, you got to understand there's a lot of snitches and all like that. And what they do, they do anything to try to you know get that time off of them. They, right. They'll right. lie, whatever you know. Right. What I mean? So I'm thinking somebody went, oh, I know Jimmy Town. I'll kill someone. I had a body. Blah blah blah. So like I said, that's what that's what's resonating in my mind. Okay. As okay. I, as I make this trip to the pick up this warrant, whatever the sheriff had for me or something. And uh, so anyway, when I get there, because I remember my counselor, you all right, man? Said, Hell no, I ain't all right, man. <laughs> I, said, no. I said, I don't know what's going on. So anyway, we get to the, to the gate. And, uh, and so the, the sheriff uh, asked me my name and all that. I said, yes, he had my number. And, and so he reached me these papers. And he said, uh, and so he didn't tell me what it was. And he had me to sign for it. Mm -hmm. And he, gone. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so I'm shaking, trying to open the envelope, right? Mm -hmm. To see what it is, knowing some warrant. And, but it was a letter, it was a letter from this uh, lawyer in Atlanta. Okay. Jason, where Jason and them, and Steve Harvey and all them lived at that particular time. And then the letter said that Jason was requesting to have his name changed. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, to sign off on my parental rights. Well, I hit the, I hit the ceiling. Because, man, Jason got a relationship. We talking at least once every month. We talking, man, that boy talking. We okay. had a great relationship. And she was bringing him to see me and all that. So now I'm, I'm kind of upset and, uh, because we talk about everything. Even when he got married, he didn't even tell his mom. He told me. Okay. So that type of relationship. So I said, Jason, I called him. I called him that night. And uh, as soon as I got back, no, I called him as soon as I got back. I talked. Like, we're not going to cover the whole thing. I just want to cover the main parts when he's talking about Lori. Because basically him talking about Lori, which he has a right to because he had dealings with the woman long before Steve and whatever. But so, yeah. So I said, man, what is this? You want your name changed? 
he was 17 at that time. I think within seven, eight months, he would have been 18. Okay. So my mind, uh, I told him, I said, Jason, why, you know, I just thought you were going to carry on the Townsend name and make it something better than me and your uncle did. Because we, we kind of beat up the name. You know? <laughs> and I, you know, I, I would hate for you to change it. And I said, uh, why? And, uh, and he goes on to give me the spiel. Well, Dad, you know I love you. Can't nothing change our blood. Blood is blood. And he just that Steve, you know, he just, you know, just acting as a father while you're in prison. And, you know, he gave me that kind of spiel. And I said, Jason, I remember telling him, I said, Jason, a name don't make the man. The man make the name. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I told him that. So, uh, but yeah, I was highly upset because of that, you know. And and uh, come years later, come to find out, cause he was telling me he didn't tell me the truth initially that it was his, his fault. I, I know, cause I told him I said I left this part out. I said, listen, you'll be you'll be 18 in about seven eight months. You don't need me to sign. Don't force me to do that. You can sign off yourself. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? But my mindset was that, and my thought was that, I truly believe. Now I might be wrong. If you're going, you're going, in seven, eight months, you can change, you can sign off. You don't need me to sign off on it. You can do it yourself. Wait the seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. Why do it now? So my thought was that, I'm, I, I seriously, I thought it was his mom doing it because. You thought what? I thought his mom had, well, couldn't find out. Later on, he told me the truth. I, my thought was right. What was the truth? The truth was that his mom then, Steve and them, that was his, their idea, he told me. Uh, uh, because like he said, man, dad, my thought went like that. You know, I just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Did he ever so, say why Steve wanted? <clears throat> well, they was trying to come up with this blended family thing. You know how they was pu pushing. They wanted to be the Brady Bunch. Yeah, that's that's a good. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, couldn't find out. Oh, that was a facade anyway. But yeah, but that was that was a take on him changing his name. You see, so I was kind of had a kind of bitter taste in my mouth behind that. Would you have felt better if Steve had made personal contact with you to <coughs> tell you what the whole name change was about? Yeah, that would have yeah, that would have made me feel better. But it, really, to be honest, it, nothing they could tell me about, about the seven eight months. Man, wait, you don't need me to sign up. What is seven eight months? Mm -hmm. So uh, I know it was more to it. So why was the, why was there a rush? That's my question. That was that was my. <laughs> okay. Okay. So do we care anymore? about at this point, I mean, do we do we care anymore at this point? So I'm not sure how much more he he talks about Lori per se, but. Let's let another minute or two play and see what, what turns up. I just told you my thought on it. Okay. My thought was that uh, I think that she wanted Jason to have Harvey's name. So if anything happened to Steve Harvey, of course, bam. He's okay. Harvey. He, that's his son. Okay. Now, that's my thought. Now, whether it's the truth or not, I don't know. But I know later on in the years, when I got out of prison, I talked to Jason about it. And he told me that wasn't his, his doing. That wasn't his thought. So. Let me ask you this question. When you were dealing drugs, you were in the money. Donnell was in the money. Steve Harvey <coughs> is in the money. Would you consider monitoring a gold digger? Me? Yeah. Would I consider it? I thought my take on it? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm being honest. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm told you. Here yeah, we I, go. I, I mean, yeah. So you think Marjorie looks for me in with money. The past tense looked for man's money? Yeah. Because she didn't hit big time now. Yeah, she did time now. Okay. Uh, and I'm glad for her. I mean, one thing about anybody that know me, in the, one thing about it, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hater. Okay. But one thing about it, I stay true to the game, and I expect it, you know, I, I, and I know that don't go for everybody. They, they'll stay out of their mouth, they're going to stay true to the game. Mm -hmm. But I know it comes up through the game, mm -hmm. I knew that was the truth. Very few stayed true to the game. A lot mm -hmm. of them turned into rats and all that because they couldn't take it. 
you know they you know they didn't want to they, they didn't want to do the time w would so. you would you take credit for teaching her the game most definitely she didn't know that she was green as grass and she was naive she was somewhat, yeah okay yeah she, she, she was naive and, and to be honest she uh to be perfectly honest she didn't know what i was she didn't know nothing about me she was just uh an 18 year old working at piccadilly as a cashier when I okay met her, you know so okay she didn't she didn't know it was going to, in fact, it was going to Mississippi. Okay. Mm, she had to get, get kicked out of himself. She had well, I, was, I was reading an article yesterday on her that her grades were very low. Yeah, she dropped out. She dropped out? Yeah, my son, yeah, well, that's what I heard. I don't think she told me the truth about that. But she wasn't going to college. She wasn't. She dropped out. Okay. And that's what really fell out between, made her fall out with her mom. Was it a surprise to you when you found out that she was marrying Steve Holly? No. See, that's what people don't understand. That's what I was telling you guys. Me and Marjorie, from the time we went to prison, we stayed in touch with Dr. Collins any time, day or night. Mm. This is the truth. All those years, 20, 20 years, almost mm. 20 years, calling any time, day or night, like I said, talk to her second husband, relationship, school, you know. Three days, up to this point, she was dating Steve Harvey, and she told me about she dating him, blah, blah, blah. So this particular, three days before they got married, she told me she was gonna marry him, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and she said, Jimmy, you know, you really like Steve. He reminds me so much of my daddy, you know. So mm -hmm. I said, when she said that, man. He reminded you of what? She said that Steve Harvey reminded her so much of her father. So here's where the imprint comes in. So Jimmy imprinted on her. Steve imprinted on, 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 on Laurie, Laurie. So you can see what type of man she's attracted to or like really kind of gets her going. But yeah, this is interesting. Now the good part comes. Okay, let's go. Okay. So when she said that. Uh -huh. I said, well, man, you know what? She got the real deal. Because I have total respect for her dad. I seen her dad walk. I seen how he was a loving father. I no. seen how he was a loving husband, you see, to his wife. Mm -hmm. Right? So uh, I'm saying if, if he liked her father, oh, she got a winner now. Mm -hmm. That was my thought. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Couldn't find out that wasn't true. But, uh, but yeah, she, uh, she, uh, she just, after, oh, yeah, my thought was uh, three days before. The wedding, she told me they was going to Hawaii. They was going to get married. I said, well, "Cool, I'm gonna call you after the wedding. You know, congratulations, blah blah blah." Mm -hmm. Don't let me forget about this letter that I wrote to her. Uh, and so, but after the wedding, I called her. Man, I never heard her voice again. Mm. But it stopped all that shit. That's what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> Steve put a stop to all that. <laughs> I'm not mad. That's what you're supposed to do. I never heard a voice again. Not on the telephone, you know, news media and all like that. But the number was changed after 20. The number was changed. The number was changed. I never heard a voice on the phone again after 20 some years. And I tell people, now y'all, y'all be, y'all be the judge of that. I mean, that's exactly what happened. So do you I, think I, Steve said we never had a falling out? Never had a falling out in 20 some years of disagreement on the phone, on call conversation. Never. So you think Steve? One time. Hmm? Steve cut it off. That's what I tell. I tell the people, y'all, y'all, y'all make that determination. I'm just telling you what happened. I talked to that woman three days before she got married. We didn't talk to her all that time. Was so. Steve aware that there was communication between the two of you? I, to be honest, Daddy, I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm quite sure he, he did. But I'm sure I, he I did. Know. It would be speculation on my part if I said that. Cause I really don't know. Yeah. So, what's your true feeling about Steve Harley? My true feeling, to be honest. Uh huh. My true feeling. I'm going to tell you now, that's what I told you, remind me about the letter. Uh -huh. I wrote Steve Harvey and Marjorie a letter. Mm -hmm. I wrote them a letter 
uh, uh, what did I write it about? You know, thanking, I wrote that letter. Something happened. I, I just wrote it. Oh, yeah, I wrote them from the perspective that, you know, they were professing to be Christian. Uh-huh. And I wrote them a letter just, uh, you know, just telling them that, uh, you know, that I love them in Christ. And something like that went on like that, you know. But I wrote them this letter. Of course, you know, I never heard back from it. You know. The only letter I got from I left that out, that part out. The only letter I got from Marjorie was after she had, I, I wouldn't sign off on Jason because I took my time. So you didn't sign off? I didn't sign off. Okay. No, right away, you know, because I had to go. I told Jason, let me think about it. Okay. So Marjorie wrote me a letter. I forgot she wrote me a letter. I still got the letter. But she said, uh, she's just saying, Jimmy, uh, by having Jason's name changed, you know, it, it, I didn't, it wasn't nothing vindictive or nothing like that. That's not the way she said it. it was, she would just say that, well, uh, I just, just thought that it would be best. That's something. No, no, she said that was something he wanted to do. That's the last she told. That was just something he wanted to do, you know, just because uh, Steve was being like a father to him. That's what she put. That's what, who wanted to do, Steve or your son? My son. She was saying that my son wanted to change his name. You see what I'm saying? Because uh, she, he, because Steve, he, his mindset, he was telling me that. Same thing he told me. Well, you know, Dad, you know, blood runs deep. Nothing can change our blood. But I just wanted to, uh, you know, just since Steve is acting as, uh, as a father to me, mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted, you know, just to have his name. And so I could, I could, I could have it, uh, Jason Harvey Townsend. Well, no, that's when he told me after he had done it, after I, out of prison, he wanted to put that hyphen in again. And I said, no, nah, man, leave it like it is. <laughs> he ain't going to be no town all the way, but stay out of it. Okay. So that was that. That's where that went. But yeah, but uh, what were we, three days? I never heard a voice again after she, okay. she got married. So I tell people, I said, now that's a story. Now y'all make your own determination. I done, I done communicated with this woman for 20 some years. She done brought the kids to visit me. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, hang up, you know, I love you, Jimmy. All that stuff, you know. I love you, man. I love you, boy. That's what she used to call me. They used to call her girl. So, but anyway, yeah, so that's where that went. Three days before the marriage, we talking. A day or two after this when I call, phone number cut off. Cut. I mean, that's, so, that's what you're supposed to do. Have you ever, since you went out, made an attempt to reach out to you? Man, heck no, nah, she didn't. And a uh, quick story, I was just in Atlanta. That's when my, my kids were in Dawsonville, 40 minutes outside of Atlanta. Uh-huh. I just went to visit my Morgan, my daughter Morgan. Okay. Uh, uh, a, a real quick story. I hadn't, I hadn't uh, well, first of all, when I got out of prison in 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. L had a And that's not me, you the crackling, that's not me. Okay. Had a birthday party, uh-huh. a fourth year birthday party. They was having a, making a big hoop, hoopla out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for a fourth year birthday party. So uh, I came to go to a birthday party, mm-hmm. to Atlanta, to be a bir- go to a birthday party. And at this particular time, uh, and, and, and Morgan was ecstatic because her dad is out of prison now, got opportunity to come to his grandbaby's birthday party. Mm-hmm. So she was ecstatic. And so, and I was too, you see. Um, and so it was so crazy. Marjorie told Morgan that if I came to the birthday party, she wasn't coming. Really? Now, I done did. I done did. I done did 27 years of prison, for, pretty much for this one. Okay. And she gonna, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, and we've been friends for all through that prison term. Now all of a sudden, she don't even want to come. You gonna deny me the opportunity to come to my grandbaby's birthday party? You done told my daughter, and that broke her heart. That broke her uh, because, uh, you know, she, her dad is getting an t- opportunity to come to the party. Well, well, well maybe it was so, Marjorie, you know, you know, if Marjorie came, Steve was coming. So maybe she didn't want you all to well, uh, meet up. <coughs> I don't know nothing about Steve coming. I don't remember Marjorie telling me nothing about he was coming. And I, and I don't know the full gist of the story from that perspective. But, well, it don't, but it don't regardless, look like but regardless. she can make many moves that he don't make behind her. Yeah, I mean, what's the big deal? You see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody's going to be that insecure. I mean, I've been gone 27 years. <laughs> and oh, here you are with a multi Okay, gotcha, Gary. You, well, I mean, <laughs> that's, 
Think about it, Daddy. Yeah, I ain't no threat. I'm no threat whatsoever. You know, you think she's gonna lead a million, a jeopardize? But come on, man. Uh, it's just keeping it real, man. Those are my grandbabies. Okay. You know, I talked to him on the phone while I was in prison. But okay. Now I get, was getting an opportunity to be with him. Okay. To hug him and love him and touch on him. You know. The, 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 come on, man. And, and that was Rob. So now that broke Morgan's heart because her mama done put her in a predicament. Okay. So she called mm. me and tell me, she said, Dad, no, you come. I, I'm just going to tell mom you ain't coming to me. You just show up at the party. Yeah. I said, Morgan, no, I'm not going to do it that way. She mm -hmm. said, man, that ain't going to open up a can of worms. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have some bitterness between you and your mom. Mm -hmm. No, we don't do it this way. So what I ended up doing just the day before, I just took my grandbaby and we went to uh, Chick-fil-A, in fact. She like to this mm -hmm. day, she loves Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. And we just, you know, went there and played. So I didn't get a chance to go to the party. But I said this that. This is sad. So I just recently. Went to Atlanta for the, 20, the 22nd. I spent a week there mm -hmm. for Elle's birthday party again, right? mm -hmm. she, her eight-year birthday party. So that was four years later. So now her mama didn't even, her, her mother didn't even come to the baby's party. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, she, she still didn't come, but she came the next day. I'm in the, I'm in the house, right? Mm -hmm. She come in like a thief in the night, get Elle, take Elle all day, you know, shopping, whatever they did. And so, uh, and so that was so crazy to me. It was so crazy to me that me and this woman, we never had an argument or nothing with friends, mm -hmm. parents. And so, so, but that's when she crossed the gun line with me. Mm -hmm. She crossed the gun line when she denied me when I just came out of prison with hell to be at that birthday party. I was through with Mar Marjorie then. Do you, do you consider Marjorie a snake? What's the name of my book? <laughs> Snakes in the God. Okay. Yeah, I talk about snakes. Is she the snake? Well, you know, I told in, in, in one of my, uh, my reels, I told people, I said, there's three different kinds of snakes, in, oh. in my opinion. And you got the garden snake, mm -hmm. which is pretty much harmless. Uh -huh. You got the rattlesnake, he will kind of warn you if you get up on it, you know what I'm uh -huh. saying? So you can kind of see his action. So you crazy if you don't back up, because mm -hmm. if you keep going, this snake, gonna, she gonna, he gonna mess you mm -hmm. up. And of course, you got the black mama. The black mama don't care, he gonna kill you. Mm -hmm. No warning, no nothing. So which so, snake is uh, Margaret? You know what? And I looked, uh, I, I can't say she was the garden snake, the rattlesnake, she didn't give me no warning because I never did, would have thought that she would have acted the way she's acting now. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So she got to be the black mama. She the black mamba? She's a killer snake. She's a killer. So. It is. Should, should Steve Harvey watch out for himself? Is she a dangerous snake? Uh-oh. If he don't know what kind of woman she is now, I think they've been together for about 12 years. Yeah. Yeah, so if he don't know by now, then, you know, they still together. What can I say? I'm happy from her from that perspective. You see what I'm saying? I'm no hate. I'm glad she, you know, she she called a fool. I mean, I called a uh, kind of fool. Called a fool. No, I didn't say that. I didn't mean to say that. No, she called a man. Uh, yes, she did. Yes, she did. You, you know? meant to, you meant to say it. You meant to say it. No, me? Yeah. Do you think Steve Harvey, in his relationship, went into it blindly? I think Steve Harvey is uh, insecure. Uh-oh. Uh, you know, I don't know the man. But, and then, I, 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 and I can't, I mean, this is my speculation. That's, okay. why I tell, that's what I tell everybody. That's why I tell everybody where... Um, margin I was as far as our relationship, you know, after I went to prison, beautiful mm -hmm. relationship. So, I mean, come on. So I, 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 really, I really don't know. I, I really don't. All I know is that she had no reason to. But you do believe she's a gold digger? I, I, I believe that. And she, she's finally found her but she's a, a deep player man. Right now. She's a player now. She's a player? Yeah, she learned, I mean, she learned, I mean, she learned. She know the game? She know the game. She was with, she was with a player. So do you think the name change with the children is part of the game? Yeah, I told you that. I think they was, you called it right, the Brady Bunch. They was, they was portraying this, you know, and uh, Morgan, she told me it was all facade. It was all what you're saying. And I think a lot of people knew what they were seeing about this blended family thing. It was all for show. As, as, uh, for so the, the children are not as close as quote unquote 
TV portrays. Oh, no. No. You know? That's another story in itself. Uh, Morgan, Morgan and Marjorie are estranged. Now. Really? Yeah. They're Why? Who see? Uh, that is just a long, long story. You know, it's, it's, it's just a lot of foolishness going on. Like I said, Mar Marjorie just really, she just, she went crazy. You see? She, she went crazy. crazy. Oh, she really have. Anytime, let me tell you something. Anytime you let money do to you what she's done. And I know this ain't the first time for people, people doing money change from people. Sure. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, to do, anytime you got a, 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 and I'm gonna put this out there, you got a friend that you grew up with. You grew up like this here. Y'all fought for each other. You see what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And now, you done cut her off. She, in fact, your, your parents treat her like she's their daughter. Okay. Yeah. Like she treats you. And you turn your back on, you done got so highfalutin up there, that you gonna turn your back. Highfalutin. For no reason. Pretty much just like she did me for no reason. That's okay. Right. Uh, okay. So she turned her back on, and, and I talked to another one of my real close girlfriends. They said, you know, Marjorie, she don't talk to us. She don't have nothing to do with us no more. You know, all, she got all brand new friends. See, that's what money, you know, they, they say the love of money is the root of all evil. And I can see that in Marjorie. And I'm just putting it out there because she needs to be called to account. I'm putting it out there in the truth, the untold story. You see what I'm saying? It ain't hating on her or nothing like that. But the way she done divided, pretty much divided this family, man, it's ugly. It's real ugly. Because so are the children divided? No, well she, uh, oh, she loved uh, Jason, my son, to death. But she, she, she provided for him. You know, in fact, they in Abu Dhabi now. He, he, he that's another story itself, uh, in itself with Jason. You know, Jason. Let me say, let me, let me show you how close me and Jason was. When I got out of prison, I got out of prison, out of the halfway house. Okay. On a Friday, when they cut that leg band up. Okay. That, that Friday. See, when I got clemency, I had five years of uh, probation. Okay. But uh, through that uh, Obama administration, they took that off. That was crazy anyway. You don't you gave a man a life sentence without the possibility of parole. Then you give him a five-year uh, probation, you know. How, like, do, so how, how do you do that? You, that's what I'm saying. That's a good question. How do you do that? I guess when you, if you die in prison, you still got to do the probation. <laughs> but, but I said that anyway. They took that off. In fact, they hated me. They hated on me so hard, that is, that uh, when I got clemency, the prosecutor, they were so pissed off until they filed a 30-page brief to, to keep the, the probation on me, saying that, no, this man is a... Uh, uh, some kind of the society, and he needs five years of paper. You see what I'm saying? But that was part of the. I mean, how, well, so, make it make sense. You were given by a federal judge life without the chance yeah. of parole. So how are they gonna give you probation? Based on what? <laughs> no, that's what I'm telling you. It was so crazy. They were so pissed off at me. They just went crazy. They gave me a license without parole, right? And five years of paper. I guess in case I do get out of some kind of way, like I got out, yeah. you know, but that, yeah, that's where that went down. So, so if you died, we can't even take you to the mall. Shit, your ass got to lay here. In uh, five years. Huh? Dead. <laughs> yeah. For five years, shit, yeah. somebody going to have to check you off. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Jimmy. There was a U.S. congressman involved in this whole setup of you going to prison and all this, and I'm talking about Harold Ford Sr. What role did Harold Ford Sr., U.S. Congressman, <coughs> play uh, in this whole thing with you? Okay. And, and, and get the record straight. Harold Ford never did any drug dealing, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. But they just had a, a hard on for, and I know you remember the story. It was all in the newspaper nationwide. You know, with that uh, drug uh, banking. Yeah, who? Drug, not drug, I'm sorry. Banking. Yeah. 
I was employee of NJ Ford okay. Funeral Home at the time. Okay, so you know about the butcher boys. You know, so you Jake know, Butcher, you, and, yeah. yeah. In fact, they were so close to Harold Nash. And the National Bank of Commerce. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So you know he had beat his first trial. I mean, I mean Harold was close. Uh, you know, he, uh, as far as getting high. Okay. I don't care about all this. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get his take on Lori Harvey. Um, it's a cold game, man. Listen, players get played. <laughs> Uh, the game is the same. The only thing that changes are the players. <laughs> you know, whatever pimp euphemism you want to interject in there. If you want to inject some giggity, giggity, schmiggity, vespucia, sputin, you know, type of lingo, sure, throw that in there as well. So that is uh, pretty much why Steve Harvey probably does not think too highly of uh, the real cousin pastor. And shout out to the real cousin pastor for this. Um, no, ain't nobody changing the pastor. <laughs> Ah, shit. All right, let's, uh, yeah, let's get on to something else. Let's get on to something else. Let me pull it back. Let me pull it back. Back and forth. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Let's, uh, wait, wait. Do I have any side stuff I want to show? No? Okay. That's funny. Might as well be praying here in Harlem. All right. Snake and the gypsies. I'm uh let's get to the to the Roma gypsies. Now listen. Yes, there is a real Roma Ruska crime syndicate. That is real. It's a real crime syndicate, but we're not here for the crime syndicate part. We are here for the Roma Gypsies. I I knew Gypsies had a bad rep. Well, I, you know, that depends on if, if, if you believe they earned it, but I didn't know Gypsies were as vilified the way they were across Europe and Italy. Okay? I did not know this. And even here in the States, Gypsies' reputation far precedes them. You know the movie Thinner. You know, the gypsies, whatever the case, they're always associated with fortune telling and living, moving from place to place, never have a stable, you know, residence, any, that that type of stuff. So, um, I found this interesting. So, there's a couple of videos in regards to the, to the Roma gypsies, right? They go by many names, but everybody pretty much knows them as the gypsies or the Roma. And I didn't know there was a, like a plan to kind of exterminate them and uh, a plan to kind of keep tabs on them. Like this shit is wild. I didn't know it was this deep. I knew it was deep, but not this deep. So let's get into the Roma gypsies and why everybody pretty much in Europe hates them. So, which is, I mean, you know, black people, black Americans. I don't think you would want to trade places with the Roma gypsies, even in this current climate. But let's let's get into it. Let's... Hundreds of Romani people armed themselves. Wait, 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 it was wait, wait, the night of May 16th, 1944, the Auschwitz-Birkenau Nazi death camp. Hundreds of Romani people armed themselves with hammers, pipes, and shovels. They'd been warned the day before that the Nazis planned to execute all 6,000 of them at the camp. Several guards went inside the building to round up the Roma, but they had barricaded themselves. They refused to leave and the guards had to retreat. Those who fought back that day were eventually killed in August. 
even under the most dire circumstances, the Romani people had resisted the Nazis. But decades after the Holocaust, the Roma community continues to experience widespread discrimination. When people talk about the Holocaust, they talk about the tragedy and horror of six million Jewish lives being lost to the Nazi war machine. But they never mention the thousands of gypsies that were killed by the Nazis. No one ever wants to talk about that because no one ever wants to talk about the positives. The centuries of dehumanization. And I think it's so sad that we need to emphasize that we're human, that we're not animals to people, to actually have the right to be respected. This is the story of a brutally targeted community's fight for survival. First, who are the Romani people? They actually aren't just people from Romania. The Roma are an ethnic group. Historians believe Romani people first arrived in Europe from northern India about a thousand years ago. Today, the Romani community can be found all over the world, and they're Europe's largest ethnic minority group, around 12 million people. Like, did you know this guy was Romani? And this originated from the Romani community in Spain? But despite the size and diversity of their community, the Romani people have been fighting against social stigmas for years. A huge stereotype is that all Romani people travel from city to city, never settling in one place. Because of this, Romani people have been known by various names such as Roma, Travelers, and... That word is often used interchangeably to mean a member of the Romani community, of which Shakira is not. And it's almost never used in a positive sense. Look, Captain, gypsies. The gypsies live outside the normal order, and they must be stopped. I've heard people come up to me and say, I'm a gypsy too. I like to travel, you know, um, have a gypsy soul and all of that stuff. But like, it's not a lifestyle. It's not like we decided that we're going to travel around the world because we have nothing else to do. It's because of persecution uh, that the community has been nomadic. The portrayal of the Romani community is a wider problem rooted in something much deeper. This is part of how, how racism and anti-Romani racism usually functions. There are all these uh, mid-crafts that are uh, constructed about Roma that make Roma look uh, lazy, criminal, uh, dirty, so that white Europeans don't feel the moral responsibility and the accountability to actually do something about uh, racialized poverty and racism, which are realities of the present time, but are also legacies of a history of injustice. That injustice can be traced back centuries. Beginning in the 1370s, Romani people were forced into chattel enslavement in Romania, which lasted until the late 19th century. And similar to the US, there were no reparations paid to those who had suffered throughout that slavery. All across Europe, Romani people were also subjected to laws suppressing their culture and efforts to exclude them from mainstream society, like being forced to go to segregated schools or prohibited from buying land. I think that there is a lot to say about this whole mythology that Roma do not value education, that Roma do, as a culture, we are not interested in, in education. So I don't think it is a tradition. I think it's, in some cases, it's a response to oppression, it's a response to fear, it's a response to disappointment. But it was Nazi Germany that decimated the community. The Nazis' murder of six million Jews in the Holocaust is well known, but the hundreds of thousands of Roma murdered alongside them have largely been ignored. Nazis targeted Romani people for being supposedly racially inferior, and by the end of the Holocaust, many countries had lost more than 80% of their Roma populations. So much death, and yet still to this day, the Romani people have to fight for their losses to be recognized. Romani people continue to be targeted throughout Europe, with the UN warning in 2021 that hate speech and violence against them were on the rise. And that's why a lot of folks, especially the most vulnerable ones amongst our community, will stay within the community. And you can have a PhD, you could be a journalist, you could run a media, and people will still come up to you 
and say really racist things to you, but also treat you as if you're not worthy of life. Yeah, this sounds like a sympathetic piece. Don't 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 worry. We're gonna get to other other clips. Like um, I've always been under under the assumption like they kind of did it to themselves, but. You know, that's always been my take on it. But once again, this sounds like it's trying to shift um, opinions to a certain, you know, the other way in regards to how people perceive and receive the, the gypsies. But let's continue. Life, you're not worthy of time. You're not human. For instance, yeah, the gypsy hunts that were organized in different parts of, uh, of Europe, including in some of the Nordic uh, countries, the forced sterilization of Romani people, which happened, of Romani women, which happened not only in the Czech Republic and Slovakia, but in many other e European countries before, during, and after the, uh, after the Holocaust. Today, around 90% of Romani people in Europe live below the poverty line. In some countries, Romani children are forced into segregated schools or special classes. Back in 2013, a Hungarian mayor shut down public water pumps that the Romani community depended on, saying the free water supply was being wasted. And in 2019, Bulgarian officials proposed what they called a Roma integration strategy to limit the number of children Romani women could have by offering free abortions. Poll after wow. poll shows many Europeans hold deeply negative views about the Roma people. The problem is that we face structural inequities. The problem is that we face uh, racist structures. So why don't we fix these racist structures and spaces as opposed to thinking that Roma are inferior? And that's why you can't talk about the current conditions of the Romani community without acknowledging the centuries of discrimination, racism, and oppression. I hope that in the coming years we will not be always othered. But I also hope that um, we will be given the resources not to be, you know? But that also means that some people need to give up their seat. Uh -oh. Both Dr. Matache and Leila Savage believe that in order for anti-Romani racism to be dismantled, there needs to be an honest discussion about how societies share power. This means it's not just about inclusion and representation, but having realistic reforms that put Romani people in positions of power. We can't really disconnect racism from power because these two are interconnected. And just like on the night of May 16th, 1944, the Roma community is not backing down. I think that we're a very resilient community and try to understand what is your role in anti-Gypsyism. Right? Like, are you sustaining it or are you challenging it? Wow. Once again, yeah, that's not, yeah. This is this is definitely an opinion piece. Okay, okay. Let's get to the next piece. This is fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Okay, on the next. Okay, here we go. Let's go into Italy's problem with the Roma people. Good Lord, uh, they can't go anywhere. They can't go anywhere. He's stereotyped as a traveling ethnic minority from the East, trying to make money from tourists. It's also a community often linked to poverty and crime, a stigma they've struggled to shake for decades. But life for them here might get even tougher. Italy's new interior minister, Matteo Salvini, is on a mission to stop illegal immigration and has his sights on the Roma. He suggested a census for Roma people living in camps and wants to deport illegal residents. As for the others, well, he hasn't tried to hide his contempt. 
i rom italiani e purtroppo li devi tenere in Italia perché non Sulla li puoi spendere. Sulla stazione centrale, ministro? For some, the idea brings back a dark history. In the 1930s, Italy's fascist dictator Benito Mussolini rounded up thousands of Roma to send to concentration camps. In 2008, the interim minister at the time, Roberto Maroni, tried to bring in a mass fingerprinting of Roma living in camps, a plan that was widely criticized as ethnic cataloging. Today, experts say Italy's constitution prevents Salvini from reviving a Roma census. But on the far right, the idea could be seen as somewhat popular. There's no question that Salvini's anti-immigrant rhetoric has been paying off politically. One poll says that support for his party, La Lega, has shot up by nearly 14% just in the last three months. Coincidence or not, this Roma camp on the outskirts of Rome was raided by police a week ago. So this uh, from an authorized camp, uh, no, it uh, just turned to be an abusive camp, illegal camp. Overnight? Yes. Around 80 people out of more than 400 residents were forced out and left homeless. The local council said their caravans were public property, but instead of seizing them, they were destroyed. Uh, it's a, a crime if you enter here. It's you a know? crime to a go crime. back into yes. the caravan. Okay. And where is the family now? Where do they want to go via? Dove è la famiglia? La famiglia non lo so dove sta, sono fuori da dormire. They went away. Is this normal though? Is is this how they get rid of Roma families in camps? Has this been happening for years? Yes, absolutely. This is nothing new. No, nothing new. Women and children were offered emergency shelter, but not the men. Poi ho fatto rifiuto per questa cosa che mi hanno accettato, mi volevano mettere senza marito, con tre bambini, minorenni, senza marito, e chi mi aiuta lì? Pure questo adesso ce l'ho una settimana. Me lo date a vivere in un altro posto, sotto al ponte, con loro non c'entro con niente. Italy's new government has pledged to dismantle dozens of camps across the country. They've also outlined plans to separate Roma children who are out of school from their parents. Only from Roma? If the, the Italians, um, Italian uh, families uh, are not sending children uh, at school, which is about, uh, in some region, 10%, you know, uh, for them, the, the, the punishment is... They won't be separated. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is absolutely racist. But life in a camp is not the reality for most of Italy's more than 150,000 Roma people. We headed to Pescara, a city with the highest concentration of Roma Italians. Most people here live in social housing blocks like this. Our local guy told us that drug dealing is an issue here. Social housing blocks. Okay, let's go. In a different neighborhood, we meet Attilio Spinelli. He used to be a truck driver, but lost his job after an injury. Finding work since has been a struggle. Io personalmente di sette generazioni italiane di mamma, di papà, di nonni, bisnonni che hanno fatto anche la seconda guerra mondiale per difendere la patria. Noi siamo realmente integrati, non siamo né sporchi né cattivi, né... però sentir, sentirci definiti così che purtroppo oh, okay. ci devono mantenere, non abbiamo fatto nulla di male wow. per fargli qualcosa di male a lui. Mm. E ci sentiamo disprezzati, non va bene. Ahmed La Lega's counselor in Pescara, who supports his leader Salvini and his focus on the Roma community. Does Salvini have a problem with Roma people? Io credo che abbia fatto bene il ministro dell'interno a sollevare il problema della della comunità rom. 
perché penso che in questo Paese ci sia necessità di ristabilire i termini della giusta legalità, quindi è un censimento che io non credo debba essere inteso come una schedatura, è un censimento che credo debba essere inteso come invece una conoscenza concreta e precisa di chi abita le nostre città, che cosa fa sul nostro territorio. Ma puoi vedere come Gwen Salvini dice che è un'esame che non possiamo uscire i legali italiani Roma cittadini, se fosse così noi avremmo, dovremmo ripercuotere questo problema su tutte le comunità che vivono nel nostro paese. Evidentemente se ciò accade eh, solo per yeah, alcune situazioni, crazy. per alcune comunità, è perché evidentemente la percezione che il cittadino italiano ha del comportamento di queste comunità non è proprio la stessa eh, rispetto ad altre, nei confronti di tutti, ma soprattutto nelle nei confronti delle comunità rom che spesso invece tendono a far frequentare le scuole dai, dai propri ragazzi. Sono convinto che non ci sia un, tema, un problema di razzismo. È un problema di lotta alla criminalità. You talk about crime being a problem, but surely Italy has even bigger problems with the mafia, for instance. Il ministro Salvini ha parlato tanto di lotta alla mafia, quindi questo è, una, è un problema uh, che probabilmente i giornali tendono a, a minimizzare, ma non è così. But one man in Pescara is fighting back. He's trying to sue Salvini. Abbiamo presentato una denuncia okay. per l'istigazione all'odio razziale verso Salvini perché con le sue dichiarazioni ha discriminato una significativa della, del, delle persone appartenenti alle comunità romanesi in Italia. Sappiamo che Salvini può... Ok, here's what I understand. If you're a legal, if you're a legal Roma that is basically assimilated or integrated into the Italian society, what is the bigger issue? And you know what? Let's just keep it going. Avvalersi dell'immunità parlamentare. Lo sappiamo, no? Non è che siamo... Però lo deve fare. E ci deve dimostrare che la legge non è uguale per tutti. Abbiamo capito un dato fondamentale, che bisogna lavorare sullo sviluppo delle comunità. Io sono sposato con una donna non roma e vedo che spesso andiamo, andiamo in crisi perché mia moglie è abituata da buona italiana a fare la formichina, no? Prendi lo stipendio oggi e spendi 10 oggi, 10 domani, 10 domani. Io da Roma prendo lo stipendio oggi e me lo consumerei tutto oggi. Domani è un altro giorno. De bisogna saper coniugare queste due cose e farle convivere insieme. Okay, okay, all right. One more piece. Now these are, wait, wait, shit. One more piece. Now this is interesting because there's some American, some gypsies in America out here, basically in my backyard, acting a fool. <laughs> We got some gypsies in, in my backyard acting a monkey out here. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Three brothers call themselves the Gypsy Mafia. It's a name they gave themselves after World War II. The brothers made a fortune in San Diego. As I-Team reporter Juliette Vara reports, it appears to be an empire built on the backs of women, those who work for the family and those who are its victims. Are they masterminds of deception and trickery? She's like, I feel something. I'm really wrong with your aura. For many gypsy families, it's a way of life. A life with prearranged marriages, where girls are homeschooled and raised to be moneymakers. And that's the lifestyle, that's the way they're raised. They know nothing different. Gypsies call themselves the ROM. The I-Team has exposed the ugly side of San Diego's most prominent gypsy family before. They're the Marks family, and business records show they control at least five fortune-telling parlors in the city. But we believe there may be as many as 12. Hello, are you Mr. Marks? No. Come on, hello, are you Mr. Marks? Can we talk to you? Now we're exposing them again, with good reason. Hey. No, we're, no, listen, no, 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 be careful, be careful, hey! Everywhere I go and Meet Paige, a young woman grieving the sudden loss of her father. He was everything to me. Very vulnerable when she meets a Marks family member. She told me I can, 
you know, walk my father up to heaven and hold his hand. A oh, promise costing her emotionally and financially. She had known my dad had left me money. Paige takes us to the place she met April Marks, the woman who promises to use her psychic powers to communicate with her dead father. I took a seat right over here. It was at Bronx Pizza on Hillcrest, her father's favorite restaurant, a place she visits to reflect and remember him. She could feel my pain that, like, I was hurting over a man. This is where Paige says April Marks strikes up a conversation with her. She had felt him trying to send me messages. In just a few minutes, Paige admits she's emotionally hooked. It was intense. Carlsbad Police Detective Patty Parra says that's how psychic gypsies manipulate the unsuspecting. They know how to get what they're looking for out of the conversation. Paige says April convinces her both she and her father are cursed. And that's why he can't go to heaven. And so he's stuck. For $300, wow. the psychic would order blessed candles from Jerusalem that would help unleash her father's soul and the curse. Paige pays up. She said that, you know, your father told me that this was meant to be that he had brought us together. Over the following two weeks, Paige says she would visit April at this psychic shop on El Cajon Boulevard. I sat down on the pew and I knelt down and there's these huge statues of Jesus and Mary and pictures of the Pope and all these angels and everything. I was just like, whoo. Paige says the readings get more intense, more personal. Wait, wait, sworn wait, to secrecy. wait, she says my mom, G, you a damn fool. He said one of them told me we his bike was at the had this negative energy around her it wouldn't work like i wouldn't be able to help my father as the i team has reported before when the money makers the women in the family move in for the big kill they try to isolate their victim in this case they're after Paige's inheritance five thousand dollars everything her father left her for this money Paige has promised special crystals with powers to remove the curse she was you know overwhelmed with how much she's had to pray about because how much negativity is over me convinced yet frightened I thought I was doing something for my dad. So. Paige agrees to pay. Every one of these fortune telling scams, these gypsy scams, sub, just suck you into some kind of a deal. After and the initial reading, there's something that's going to be wrong, something cataclysmic. The M.O. in Paige's case is no different. And when we tell the investigator the Marks family is involved, he's not surprised. Paige soon finds April has disappeared. No crystals, no nothing. She calls, goes by the parlor. By now, Paige has already asked the I-team for help. This is one of the parlors that the Marks family operates. We tried to get her money back. Somebody answer the door. We know you're in there. This parlor on El Cajon Boulevard belongs to John Marks. Hello? Hi. We have reason to believe that a young woman was ripped off $5,000. Can you guys answer questions? Uh oh We immediately head to National City where Michael Marks, the king of the local gypsies, runs this parlor. Hi, Channel 10. Looking for Michael Marks? Not here, right? No, you're not Michael Marks? Oh, buddy is. Who's April? April, I don't know who April is. Uh, but he does. The I-team has learned April is a relative and has lived in this home before. What are the chances of getting that $5,000 back? Well, I don't know. I'll see what's going on. I didn't know what happened. Okay. I promise you, I will. Okay. You promise? A promise. Exactly what Paige was given to, but never delivered. We've learned one way the Marks family keeps their victims from pursuing legal action. They agree to pay some of the victims' money back in exchange for signing a confidentiality agreement that they won't talk or sue. The I-team obtained a copy, and we had an attorney review this. He says it is pretty tough to break. It doesn't mean, however, we won't continue to track them. With the I-team and photojournalist Michael Gonzalez, I'm Juliette Vara, 10 News. A member of the Marks family emailed the I-Team a statement. It says that April Marks has no ties to any of their locations. You can read the entire statement on our website. Click on Investigations. There are also... Okay, let's see what the American gives you. 
Christiana Grigore studies at Vanderbilt University in the U.S. state of Tennessee on a prestigious Fulbright scholarship. Grigore is Romanian. She is also Romani, or Roma, part of an ethnic group often referred to as gypsies. She says most Americans know very little about her people. Most of the Americans I, I met don't know much about uh, Romani people. Um, they know about gypsy, um, but not as a real ethnic group, like real people. Uh, they see it more like a, like, you know, like a Halloween costume or all that you play once per year. In the United States, Roma are often associated with a distant, even exotic culture. On Gypsy Lane in Philadelphia, a resident is not sure how a street got its name, but he is sure that there are not any gypsies living here. I would think it was very few, very few. Um, estimate, I mean, I would think it's, you know, point zero one percent of the population or something, something very minimal. In fact, though, University of Texas professor Ian Hancock says as many as one million Roma live in the U.S. He says there have been waves of Roma immigration since the early 1800s. Hancock, who previously served as a Romney representative at the U.N., says that historically it has been easy for Roma to blend in while holding on to their traditions. Doing so, however, has not been without consequence. Here, being an immigrant country, you get people of all backgrounds, of all complexions and appearances, and so Roma don't stand out as in opposition to white uh, in the same way, uh, which has helped to foster the idea that gypsy is a behavior and not an ethnicity. Hancock maintains the Romani Archives and Documentation Center. His collection includes books, pictures, and movies that he says encourage this distorted image of Roma. The media can get away with saying things about Roma that they wouldn't dare say about other minority populations. This includes the entertainment industry even today. is a third-generation Romani American who lives with her family in Texas. She says images like this have stuck. Most people don't even have a clue about our people. They think, you know, it's just people running around stealing little kids and uh, chickens. Well, she sounds real aggressive. I wouldn't want to have a conversation with her. She's, she just sounds super aggressive. ...says that growing up, she was told not to tell people she was Romani. Despite the stereotypes, though, she says the ability of her people to blend in has been a blessing rather than a curse especially when compared to Europe. I think it was the greatest thing in the world that happened to us, you know, when our folks come over here because people from all the countries was coming in, you know, it was like a melting pot. And so it was so easier to blend in and to move around and work and do that we had it a hundred times better than anybody overseas. But Christiana Grigori says American cultural diversity is what prompted her to talk publicly about her Romani identity for the first time. She contrasts this to perceptions in her home country of Romania, where Roma still experienced discrimination. Imagine it took me 20 years to talk about um, about my uh, ethnic identity. Uh, so imagine how strong the, the, the negative stereotypes are. Grigore, an amateur ballet dancer, says she has not experienced racism in the United States. In fact, she says her ethnic heritage has been an asset. When I talk about me as a gypsy, people are like, oh, that's so cool. You know, it's like my life is suddenly more interesting. Some Romani Americans, however, say discrimination is still a substantial burden in the U.S., especially when it comes to the workplace. In part two, we discuss the stigma associated with some traditional Romani occupations. Glenn Cates, Voice of America. Okay, one more, we, and we're going to give him a thumbs Today is one of the most important days of Alex Eli's life. He's about to be engaged. But this is not just any engagement. Alex is Romani, or Roma, a group also commonly referred to as gypsies. The family is throwing a party that will culminate in the elders from each side negotiating a dowry. Members of both families are unwilling to appear on camera at this private event, so most faces are obscured. What they do is they settle a price. They settle the price of how much that we have to pay for his daughter. 
I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty expensive. I could put a down payment on a new house, but whatever, it's no big deal. Um, and um, after they settled with the price, they poured the two glasses of drinks with, from my father and from my future father-in-law, and they toast and they drink. At 18, Alex contends he is ready for marriage. Overall, I'm very happy and I can't wait to start my life. Alex is part of a younger generation of Roma that is staying in school longer than their parents may have. He will be the first member of his immediate family to graduate from high school. He says this was his choice. He realized how important school was to him when he won an academic award in the eighth grade. Now I'm on a plaque for life in the middle school, plaque for life. And that changed my, that changed my ideolo uh, ideology of being a gypsy. Then when I went to high school freshman year, I didn't want to leave because there's so, there's so many cultures. There's Jewish, there's uh, Russian, there's Italian, there's all different kinds of people. And I realized, yes, you're a gypsy, but you don't have to hang out with them all the time. Alex's father is George Eli. He featured Alex in his film, Searching for the Fourth Nail, a documentary about the quest to discover meaning as a Romani in America. George Eli says he kept Alex in school despite so-called boundary laws that teach Roma to keep a distance from non-Roma, or Goje. He believes this is a tradition that may have developed over time. The modern Rome of today, like myself, assume that it's a tradition, that this is just tradition, this is who we are for thousands of years to keep away, didn't know that our ancestors, was do ancestors were doing as survival mechanisms. That's called, in my opinion, and I like to coin the phrase here, oppression through tradition. You see? You know, it started off with oppression, and now it's tradition. University of Texas professor Ian Hancock is a Romani who immigrated to the United States from England in 1972. Whatever the origin of some boundary laws, he says maintaining them is very important to some Roma. The older generation fears that uh, too much outside education dilutes the identity and could even be polluting in a spiritual sense. Too much involvement in the non-Romani world can debilitate you and can affect you socially. Alex's great uncle John believes that as younger Roma are integrating more into American society, they are losing Romani culture. Somebody told me once that we can, still, we, we can be gypsy, but we can be American gypsies, you know. We don't, we don't have to stay in the culture. We can become Americans and we call, still call ourselves gypsies. But uh, without the culture, we're not gypsies. <laughs> That's the only thing that's holding us together. John recalls dropping out of school in eighth grade. His father said it was time to get married. But despite his wow. deep-seated fears about loss of culture, John says he realizes the importance of education for the next generation of Roma. We don't want to be uh, old-fashioned gypsies in the modern world. We want to keep up with the times. <laughs> and some of them do. <laughs> Paris Williams cannot be called old-fashioned. She lives in Texas now, but the nine-year-old's dream is to move to Hollywood and become an actress. Why? <laughs> I love attention. Gene Williams, Paris's father, says that although he is worried about the effects of assimilation on their culture, he wants his children to have more opportunities than he did. I wanted to go to school my own self. I didn't get to finish high school, you know, because I had to work and my parents moved around a lot and I didn't get to stay in one school. I went to the 10th grade. That's as far as I got. But uh, I want them to have more than I had, you know, more opportunity. Back at Alex Eli's engagement party, a middle ground between assimilation and cultural stability seems to have been found. The family takes a break from dancing to American pop music to focus on the evening's most important task. The two families agree to a deal that Alex seems happy. Price was unbelievable. It was twelve thousand seven hundred. Money given back from him, twenty-seven. So he paid. They paid twelve grand for the for his future wife. Money given back from him, twenty-seven hundred. So we got it for ten thousand dollars. Great. So and he got back twenty-seven hundred. So about ten grand. He put down ten grand for the. Listen, that shows you committed to getting married. Hey. Successful price, great deal, great situation. Now it's time to have some fun. Alex can't have too much fun, though. He is a high school senior, and he'll need to be back in class on Monday. Glenn Cates, Voice of America. Wow. Let's keep...
about a year. I wasn't ready for that type of rabbit wholeness. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Okay. Shit. Let me, uh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hearing that. And even when I was back in my days, like don't mess with them. Like just, just don't mess with them. Right. Um, <laughs> Roma women, fit, feminine, friendly, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> it's still bad. Well, y'all, y'all, well, y'all said y'all be real spicy in the chat. Yo, let's um, before I get to the Brotherhood of the Snake, Harry Belafonte has made the transition. Made the transition. This man had a good long life. Ninety six, I believe. Ninety six, born in nineteen twenty seven. This man had a great, fantabulous life. Fantabulous. I can't play the song because y'all know copyright. Y'all know how it goes. Who taught him how to really use his voice. She would say to me, never go to bed at night knowing that you have spent a day in which you have done nothing to try to change Injustice. Born in Harlem, raised in Jamaica. And at age 17, he enlisted in the Navy during World War II. Everything After the war, he turned to the stage. His star power quickly exploded, receiving a Tony Award for his Broadway debut in 1953. Then to Hollywood, an Academy Award nomination for the film Carmen Jones just one year later. But in 1956, Melafonte would become known as the King of Calypso. God damn it, copyright, y'all killing me right now. Oh. Powerful voice transcended music, films, and the stage. A civil rights champion, Belafonte also marched alongside his friend and confidant, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and supported human rights around the world, especially in Africa. In 1985, For my work in human rights and civil rights and for peace. Well, let me put it this way. It powerfully mutes the enemy's thunder. A life well lived, a man who championed for change. Harry Belafonte was 96 years old. That's what's up. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That listen. That's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? That's just some beautiful shit. That's some beautiful shit. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get stuck. Oh, look, yo, old Simpery. Yeah. Dorothy Dandridge character had him doing all types of shit. Madness. Okay. Now. 
Now I've talked about this. Wait, let me let, let's let me do this real quick, y'all. This let me just show y'all how far ahead. <sighs> Listen. John Wick 2 came out in what year? John Wick 2 came out in 2017. This is now 2023. Okay? I'm going somewhere with this. John Wick 2 came out 2017 because of my certain affiliations and and knowledge or whatever. You know how I watch these movies looking for stuff. And then during the scene where he's getting a brand new suit and in, in, in the firearms, the armorer had on a, a pin. He's wearing a pin. I was like, hey, I recognize that pin. I recognize that pin. It's the Brotherhood of the Snake. I made a video about that shit back in 2017. 2017, I did a movie review for John Wick. I said, oh, it's the Brotherhood of the Snake. Now that you have the Brotherhood of the Eagle, Brotherhood of the Wolf, and the Brotherhood of the Snake. Now, depending on who you ask, now if you ask me, the Brotherhood of the Snake trumps them all. Okay? If you ask me, out of the Eagle, Wolf, and Snake, the Brotherhood of the Snake trumps them all. All right? Now, it's a very, very complex very sordid history with the Brotherhood of the Snake. It has ties to uh, Nephilim and, and Gilgamesh and all the giants in, and then the Vatican. So basically in a nutshell, in a nutshell, the Brotherhood of the Snake infiltrated certain families and their goal was to suppress certain knowledge when it came to human history. In a nutshell, okay, they're the ones responsible for altering timelines of history, human advances, and and, and all that good stuff, all right? It's, it's a, (laughs) yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a really, really deep, 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 deep dive. I personally don't want to do it because it's. Once again, it it goes into types of mythologies and beliefs that if you're not open to it, then it really doesn't, you're not going to get anything out of this. But first things first, go rewatch John Wick 2. Fast forward to the scene when he goes to see the Asian lady, she makes him a brand new suit and he goes to the armorer. He's wearing the, 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 the crest. It's plain as day. It's plain as day. All right, because we all understand the 12 families are kind of an allusion to the the 12 oligarchs that take orders from whatever entities you believe they take entities from, orders from, and pass those orders on to us. All right, it's a super, super deep dive. I'll just go, I'm not going to go real deep with it. So let me do this real quick. You pull this back. All right, I'm not going to go crazy deep because I will lose a lot of y'all and I don't want to turn this into a college course. Okay, now once again, it all depends on who or what you believe, what sites you go to, what uh, doctrines and and, and whose uh, history of, of 
recorded history you, you you're into it just it's just really really sorted it's really really almost like all over the place to a certain extent so let me see what biblioteca says okay now i'll go over this very very briefly take from this what you will i will not go over this whole thing like i said some some of this may apply to you some some of this may interest you whatever the case may be but um all right talks about inner earth so basically atlantis um now some people believe the egyptians are descendants of the atlanteans i i'm not here for that all right kemet people believe kemet is a a, their disciples or descendants of 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 atlanteans i i'm not here for that i'm just telling you so here you have basically two brotherhoods um and they together they call the brotherhood the snake uh let's see let's see each brotherhood thought of the one as the dark brotherhood the black magicians um okay world war ii the opposites uh, so you had two factions the sun and the moon the luminari and the illuminati uh they always they're they're always fighting for control okay humanity was influenced by these two brotherhoods to a certain extent uh, the brotherhood of the serpent was divided into the brotherhood of the yellow dragon and the brotherhood of the red dragon together they stand for the brotherhood of the snake both brotherhoods undertook under the guidance of extraterrestrials uh, the spiritual education of the human race okay the yellow dragon in the east the Amazons, the red dragon in the west okay uh let's see some monasteries in tibet have either red or yellow caps um, now, if you believe in inner earth, Shambhala or Agartha, um, the survivors of Atlantis were the chosen seeds of the fifth root race, which is mankind's or, or origins. And then over many thousands of years of maturing, humankind went into a deep state of consciousness. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, now here's where we go with the, the aliens to a certain extent. The light carriers from the Federation, also called the Guardians of God, introduced Earth, a secret educational program to in order to guide the worldly humans in their evolution plans towards completion. Okay. At the times the brotherhood sent messengers to earth with secret missions. They sought out the spiritual heirs and the worldly leaders of the different epochs and gave them new instructions. This goes back to the Inky and Leo. The Inky and Leo both had their chosen peoples that they were going to spread the knowledge and wisdom to as far as the sciences, arts, um, machinery, industry, magic, medicine, all that good stuff. Okay. Now, the Count of St. Germain appeared across several centuries in Europe and finally disappeared during his journey through Asia. Um, okay. Since the destruction of Atlantis, the Brotherhood of the Illuminati prevailed in the outside world. It started as sun supremacy with all of its masculine attributes. So, this is where you get the sun worship from. So, when you watch old videos of Diddy talking about there's God, he's pointing to the sun. This is that one part of the brotherhood, the sun and the moon. Okay. All Western cultures circle carry the symbol of the snake, the pyramid or the obelisk, which point to the masculine power of the cosmos. Churches and high rise buildings in our civilization indicate the strength of the male omnipotence. The sun masters are the archetypes are the, are the architects of the Western cultures and are not stri- striving for the zenith of outer rule through a global world order. Sounds about right. 
Okay. They all serve Shambhala and work with the red dragon of the red cap Tibetans who are the worldly representatives of Shambhala. The aim of the brothers of Shambhala together with the worldly leaders to establish a global world government. Blah, 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 blah. The moon masters, the luminari, the immortals who lived in Agartha, represent the spirit bound, the alpha pole. The masters are the protectors of the spirit. They have whole physical etheric bodies and can materialize at any time. They are the keepers of the magnetic field of the earth and of its karma. They represent the other polarity, the spiritual alpha powers. They work together with the masters of light and they are the keepers of the grail. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, that's one you know, form of entry you can take with a grain of salt. Take what it, what applies to you. If not, don't worry about it. But once again, this shit is so stupid deep. Let's see something real quick. Hold up. Mm, okay, I won't do that. I won't do that. Okay. Okay, maybe some worship, some worship, some worship. All right. They also has ties to Nimrod. Okay, so oof, this is deep. This is way longer than I thought. Okay. Okay. Did everybody talk? Okay, so everybody agrees the Great Flood took place. Okay, it doesn't matter what religion, doctrine you subscribe to. Everybody all agrees there was a great flood. Okay. Now what took place after the flood is up to for interpretation of what you believe. Okay. So when Sumer, Egypt and the civilization in Indus Valley suddenly appeared at a very high level of technological advancement, although they had existed before and were now restored after the upheavals, this goes back to Inky and Alil after they, the flood took place, everybody came back down and whoever was left, Everybody took, they divvied up the, the earth and say, okay, everybody go where they go supposed to go and whatever the case may be, blah, 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 blah. Okay. The Sumerian society began its peak at the development because of this sudden infusion of knowledge in the white Aryan race expanded out from the Caucasus mountains and near the east down into Sumer, Egypt and the Indus valleys where as even conventional history agrees, highly advanced societies spontaneously began emerging. However, Within this white race and others was a genetic stream that we at best can call reptile Aryan or reptile human. Of course, the term Aryan refers to white race, but then other definitions call it noble blood or dark nobles. Okay, so that's whatever. I'm not here for that. All right. Uh, they were crossbred bloodlines created from the genetic manipulation. Okay. The Brotherhood, which controls the world today, is a modern expression of the Babylonian Brotherhood of Aryan uh, Priests and Royalty, a.k.a. the Brotherhood of the Snake. It was in Babylon in this post-flood period from around 6,000 years ago that the Foundation manipulated beliefs. So basically, they altered history. Okay? So you had Nimrod and his wife, uh, Semiramis. Nimrod was described as a mighty tyrant and one of the giants. The Arabs believed that after the flood, it was Nimrod who built or rebuilt the amazing structure at Baalbek in Lebanon with its three stones weighing 800 tons each. Okay. 
The first centers of Nimrod's kingdom were Babylon, Akkad, and others in the land of Shinar, which is Sumer. He expanded into Syria. The father of Nimrod in the text of Genesis was Cush, also known as Bela Belus, who was the grandson of Noah and the son of Ham. Cush became known as the deity Hermes, son of Ham, Ham or Kem, uh, meaning the burnt one, and may have been connected to sun worship. It always goes back to the sun, and you can't get away from it. Queen Semiramis also symbolized as a fish because Babylonians believed fish to be an aphrodisiac and it became the symbol for the goddess of love. This may be why it's seen used in Christian symbol, uh, symbolism and architecture in her role as the Holy Spirit. She's pictured uh, as above as a dove holding an olive branch. Semiramis means branch bearer. Okay, the name evolved from earlier Indian deity Samarami or Semiramis. A fish and a dove are two symbols still widely used in religious, ritual, and national ceremony. Okay. All right, all right, let's continue, let's continue. Okay. Uh, horns, Christ, division. Okay, Nimrod was given the title Baal. The Lord. Now, also, people keep saying Baal means evil or devil. Baal also means Lord or title holder. This is why I don't have these discussions with people. This is why I don't. I don't go on nobody on nobody else's channel trying to correct people. Uh, that's why I don't. I don't bother Hebrew Israelites or Christians when they talk about Baal this, Baal that, Molech. I don't waste my time because it, it it it's 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 futile. Okay. Um. Ninus was also known as Tammuz, who is said to have been crucified with the lamb at his feet and placed in the cave. That sounds much like Jesus. And when a rock was rolled away from the cave's entrance three days later, his body had disappeared. Does that ring a bell? Of course it does. Okay. Okay, about Easter. Okay, the chair of St. Peter in the Vatican was claimed to be a holy relic. But in 1968, it was exposed by a scientific commission on being no older than the 9th century. Okay. Is that is the decorated by 12 plates portraying the 12 labors of Hercules. The same word claims that Hercules was another name for Nimrod before becoming a deity of the Greeks. In 1825, Pope Leo XII authorized the production of a jubilee medal and it depicted a woman in a pose that was blatant a symbolism of Queen Semiramis. She had a crucifix in her left hand, a cup in her right hand, and on her head was a seven-rayed crown like the one of the Statue of Liberty. Another depiction of Samaramis, which was given to New York by French Freemasons. It's deeper than rap. It's deeper than rap. <laughs> Many have reported on the Pope's solid gold bath, which is decorated with all astrological symbols inside the vacuum-sealed vaults of the Vatican that contain thousands of ancient esoteric books which have been stolen and hoarded over hundreds of years of religious dictatorship and so taken out of public circulation. The Roman Church and the Babylonian Brotherhood, a.k.a. the Brotherhood of the Snake, is the one and the same. Okay? Nimrod is also known as Enos, the god with two faces, also known as Janus in Romans. Okay, and here we go. One of the Anunnaki brothers, Enki, the serpent guy, was also known as E to make yet another connection. The eagle with two heads looking left and right, east and west, is symbolic of Nimrod and the role of Enos, and would suggest that the eagle is symbolic of the winged Draco, Enos. It is said held the keys to the doors of heaven, and he was the sole intermediary between God and humanity. Okay. 
The masses were manipulated into believing superstitions and into taking symbolic stories literally. Christians, pay attention, that's y'all. While the chosen initiates were given the real knowledge of, on penalty of death if they ever revealed it. In this way, the truth about life, human potential, history, and the Brotherhood's agenda were lost to the population and kept only for the few. This is why you can't let everybody in. Okay. Okay, and the reason that these bloodlines are involved in such unspeakable ritual and practice today is quite simply because they have always been. Okay. Another passage in the book of Enoch tells of the watchers breeding with human women and the behavior of the offspring they produced. Quote, and they became pregnant and they bore great giants who consumed all the acquisitions of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink blood. The earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. That passage describes the bloodlines that came together in the Babylonian Brotherhood, which has since expanded across the planet and morphed into the Phoenicians, Templars, and then the Knights of Malta or the Jesuit Order. Okay. The Babylonian Brotherhood and its bloodlines expanded across the Middle and Near East, especially to Egypt and eventually into Europe and America. Uh, before 2000 BC, uh, the Royal Court of the Dragon was founded by priests of Mendes in around 2200 BC, and this still exists to this day as the Imperial and Royal Court of the Dragon Sovereignty. Okay. As Manly P. Hall uh, wrote, while the elaborate ceremonial magic of antiquity was not necessarily evil, there arose from its perversion several false schools of sorcery or black magic. In Egypt, the black magicians of Atlantis continued to exercise their superhuman powers until they had completely undermined and corrupted the morales of the primitive mysteries. They usurped the position formerly occupied by the initiates and seized the reins of spiritual government. Thus, black magic uh, dictated the state religion and paralyzed the intellectual and spiritual activities of the individual by demanding his complete and unhesitating acquiescence in the dogma formulated by the priest craft. The pharaoh became a puppet in the hands of the Scarlet Council, a committee of arch sorcerers elevated to power by the priesthood. So a lot of kings were chosen by the priests. And then when the king served, no longer served this purpose, the priest had the king removed, killed, sacrificed, offered, pick one. Okay. The black, the black magicians that Hall says were formerly in Atlantis were the human hybrids of the Babylonian Brotherhood. It's their secret society network that now spans the globe and operates in literally every country. It allows coordination of the agenda across national borders and between apparently unconnected companies and institutions like politics, banking, business, the military, and the media. Okay. At the same time, the Brotherhood of the Snake has used their secret societies to create institutions in the public arena, such as religions and political parties to suck this advanced knowledge out of circulation. The Inquisition was a wonderful example of this technique. Merely to speak about esoteric matters was to sign your own death warrant. This game has been so effective that still today you have Christians condemning esoteric information as the devil's work 
when this same knowledge is the very foundation of their religion. Yet Christianity or any form of religion has been used quite brilliantly as the major vehicle for removing vital knowledge from the public domain. Whenever Christianity and other religions took control of a country or region, the ancient texts and records were removed or destroyed. I'm going to leave this right here. Okay. Make of it what you will. I'm not here to change anybody's religion, uh, position, opinion, none of that. I present the information to you and you make of it what you will. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, with that being said, check these comments. I'm going to get out of here and find me something to snack on. Okay. Because I'm hungry. Learning is fun. <laughs> Martina, I live near Angkor Wat. The carvings and what they know knew is very deep. Yeah. Okay. So you're right there. You're like at ground zero. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, learning can be fun. All right. I'm going to get out of here. Thank everybody for hanging out. Hail Hydra. <laughs> yeah, that free will thing is a, is a motherfucker, ain't it, though? Yeah. Uh-oh, you believe sharks and whales are the real gods of the earth. Stop watching uh, Stop watching Avatar 2. You, come with me. I won't hurt you. We can be friends. Hey, we're just talking to the whale. <laughs> hey, when, when my boy's talking to the whale, you and I can be friends. 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 <laughs> yes, the church is there to put you to sleep. Yes. Yes. You have to give the people something to believe in. I don't care what religion it is. You have to give the people something to believe in. You have to. You have to control their their wanting, their willingness to ask questions, right? Because people are just naturally inquisitive. Religion puts a, a stamp on that shit. So for every question you have, religion right there, you know? But once again, not my dog. Uh, not my, not, not, I don't have a dog in that fight. Y'all believe whatever works for you is whatever works for you. I don't judge. I don't demean. I don't belittle anybody. So um, that's why I don't go on other people's channels when they get to talking about this and that. I just be like, because 99%, I'll say 100% of them speak from a, a religious base. They all speak from a religious base. You know? Bobby never spoke from a, a religious base. Phil Valentine, eh, sometimes, depending on what the subject was. Delbert Blair didn't speak from a religious base. So anytime you listen to Bobby, listen to anybody that kind of want to break down some secret shit, just listen to the, the base of, of, their, of their talking point. It's religion-based. So with that being said, um, hey, 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 I'm just here to, I'm just here to educate. This is, why, yeah, this, is why, this is why when you go to church, you didn't, it didn't feel natural. Right? This is why it didn't feel natural when you went to church and all this shit, this, you hearing this shit, the, the pastor, the preacher, whatever, and he's, and you're just like, this makes no sense. So I, I will come back and, and once, uh, sometime and, and, and go back into the, the, the Brotherhood of the Snake. And then we'll go over the Brotherhood of the Wolf and the Eagle. You know, so I, I'm getting back to it. I'm getting back to it. So y'all bear with me. All right. So with that being said, 
Um, I appreciate everybody giving me your time and energy and donations, all that stuff. I'm always humbled. I got 202 days, 202 days. <laughs> I got 202 days left. So with that being said, let me get about here. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Wait. Who should I end it with tonight? Who I want to end it with tonight? You know what? You know what? Shout out to all my haters, stalkers, watchers. What run it back again, Batista? What'd you say? What would you say, sir? Give me what I want. Give no me what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. <laughs>